Good evening, everyone. Hi, friends. Um, the past couple of weeks, we've been hearing uh, the parables of Jesus and their stories, and they have they always have a uh, a literal and a lesson. And um, oftentimes, the second reading is typically from St. Paul, except for in the Easter season. And sometimes the readings from St. Paul, they don't really kind of match up uh, with the other two. And a lot of times I tend to avoid the second reading because, to be honest, sometimes I don't, they're hard to explain. But this evening I thought I would focus on St. Paul and his second reading because of the times that we are in. And, uh, but just so we understand, the first reading, uh, we... Someone is told by God that he could have any gift he desired. And the gift that Solomon chooses is wisdom, not just any kind of wisdom. He was already a king. <laughs> Suppose he had wisdom, but he wanted the wisdom of God so that he would know what was good and what was bad, what was holy and what was not. Not only for himself, he said, not for me so that I may govern over your people. Let us take this and send it to Washington, D.C. <laughs> so that they would uh, pray harder. I'm assuming they pray. <laughs> that they pray harder uh, for more wisdom. All of them. <laughs> all, everyone. All elected officials. Huh? Our gospel tells us what God offers is so precious that it is worth everything that anyone has. And they should be willing to surrender it. Give it away. Uh, if you will, for this precious thing. And uh, everything into a spiritual advantage for them. Uh, the, so quickly, the parables of the treasure and the pearl uh, have the same lesson, if you will. And the kingdom of heaven is worth uh, investing everything you have to acquire it. Um, but we need wisdom that comes from God, first of all, to even understand that. The parable of the net has the same lesson of that of the wheat and the weeds that we covered uh, last week. It is, um, tells us in this present stage of the kingdom on earth contains both good and bad things in it. And only in its, at the final judgment will they be separated. This includes everything, including the church. And so when people, oh, I'm just shocked. Why are you shocked Jesus told us about this? He may even say that particular scandal or this particular thing. But you should not be shocked to your foundation. Instead, fortified in faith, he spoke about this, he told us. And here is what I will do. <laughs> I will stand with him. My friends, because of the times we are in, uh, all of you know what I'm about to say. It is not possible to go through this life without challenges, some of which are painful to us. And uh, some of these things a person brings on themselves by their decisions and by their own actions. And uh, other things, perhaps we suffer at the hands of others, unfaithfulness, betrayal, gossiping. And other things are things that happen through nobody's fault, accidents, natural disasters. Wherever these things come from, uh, they may bring to us a, uh, to a stage where we think that there is no hope, where there is no redemption, 
that nothing can be salvaged, that everything is at a loss. And uh, this can result in deep feelings of hopelessness and for others, self-pity, the kind that is not good. And um, doubt sets in about life, about the people we know, and then uh, for some, about God. And this is where today's reading, the letter of St. Paul, comes in very nicely. Because St. Paul tells the Romans um, that God has a plan, a purpose which uh, everything serves it. And um, God can turn everything to the benefit of those who trust in him. He can bring good out of pain. That is not to say that God wants bad things to happen. That is not the God that I know of from the scriptures. That is not the God that uh, I experience every day. So God does not will bad things to happen, but they do nonetheless. But when bad things do happen, God helps us. And oftentimes, not only to pick up the pieces and to clean up the mess that we have created often, but that we may benefit from the wreckage of it. You guys know my story. I've had cancer twice, and I've come closer to him because of it. That is not a good thing, the cancer. (laughs) But from it, I've learned many, many things, and I learned it very quickly. My friends, one of the things Jesus did was a master storyteller, and last week I told people, uh, when you tell a story, often the people remember the story and they'll pass it on. So our professors gave me a story about today's reading, and um, I've done my best to remember it. Uh, And they said, there's a story about a queen who owned a very valuable diamond. And one day, an accident happened, and that diamond was damaged, and it was deeply scratched. The queen consulted her expert jewelers to see what could be done to save this diamond. But uh, to her dismay, they said nothing could remedy the damage, the scratch that the diamond suffered. And I love the way the professor said that the diamond suffered. So the queen locked the diamond away in a vault where it remained hidden for many years. One day, he said, a very famous diamond cutter arrived in her kingdom. And at the queen's request, this cutter came to examine the diamond to see if he could do anything with it. And after examining it very carefully, he said, Your Majesty, I will make the diamond look more beautiful than before the accident. Of course, the queen's jewelers laughed at him. However, the queen was delighted and gave her permission for work to be done on her precious diamond. Using all of his talent upon the diamond, he proceeded to engrave a beautiful rose onto the diamond, using the deep scratch as the stem of the rose. When the queen and her royal jewelers saw what he had done, they were filled with awe. The professor went on to say it was not just a clever cover-up. 
he took the diamond's flaw and transformed it into something beautiful. Now today, for those who like diamonds, uh, now they laser inscribe. They can put a name on it. They can put a serial number should it be lost or stolen. So I found this story very fascinating that something like that a long time ago, would they have done this? Would they have carved into the diamond in such a way? So my friends, in the same way, God can help us to transform our worst event, a fault, into a virtue, our worst misfortune into a blessing, and in my case, cancer. Perhaps one's troubles are ultimately for one's good and uh, can be an atonement for one's sins. For those who know the story about my father and his great suffering in the end, I saw his great suffering as atonement for um, things that had happened to my mother at his hands and what he had done. And while it was hard to watch God's grace perhaps working in this situation, uh, permitted him to, God willing, move right past purgatory and go right to heaven, where there was a time, as you know, I prayed that that would never happen for him. I've learned my lesson greatly in that, of course. Human pride and ego and foolishness sometimes gets in the way of these events that we see and that help, and sometimes it's just our sense of hurt. Uh, we may throw away the very thing that can bring us closer to God and help us to grow in holiness and faith. And in this time, one of the things that people really need to learn from this pandemic is patience. <laughs> great patience and to have great charity with family members. I can't tell you how often I hear, Father, if I have to spend one more moment, one more minute in the house with that person. Now, now, <laughs> now, now, be nice. From painful experiences and difficult times, we, were, we can learn that God is truly faithful to his word and can bring good out of anything. If we can learn to trust him, and have patience in all things, we will see with our own eyes the truth of what the Scripture says. God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. And at difficult times should return. We should remember what we have learned then, what God has already done for us. And we should not lose heart or fall into despair or doubt God himself. God sees us more clearly and knows us better than anyone else. He sees our brokenness. He sees our wounds. He sees our sorrows. He sees our scars. He will be good to us to the end, both in this world and most definitely in the next world and the resurrection. My friends, for me, Life is unintelligible and unbearable without God. I simply do not know how atheists do it. To be honest, I don't know how they do it. Each one of us must have a close and personal relationship with our Lord and truly treasure it. 
it gives one a sense of who they truly are and where they are destined to go. Only God can give us what we ultimately are looking for. Only God can give us ultimately what we truly desire. No, I'm not talking about the car and the house or the diamond. What we truly desire. And when we know where our values are, we come to understand what we truly desire. Then we come to the conclusion that only God can give that to us. When we find God, we find everything. Amen.